Welcome to Dig It. I hope you're all having a beautiful Friday morning. I am here, as always, with my two lovely ladies, the Sharp Edge and Corey Lynn of Corey's Digs. What's happening, ladies? It's been a while. Hey there. Yeah. Keeping busy. Very busy. When when we, we apologize for missing a week, this month is very, very crazy. It's and my fault. I'll take the blame. It's all Corey's fault. It is. <laughs> <laughs> and, a lot of unforeseen circumstances going on. And and we'll, we'll explain that in uh, in a little bit more detail further on. But another bad news is next week, uh, we're not going to be able to do it again. But after that, I think we're... We're I think gold. we're clear. I think we're gold for the rest of the year, and we apologize for these two absences. I think that's the most we've missed in a year in a while. Yeah, we don't yeah. miss often. We don't. Nope. But when we do miss, uh, people are like, where have you been? <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it feels so long when I don't talk to you girls after a week. Yeah, I know. So we've uh, obviously we've missed a lot, but we found some stuff that we should talk about this week. Uh, the housing market, which is a video that Edge and I did the other day that we'll talk about. Of course, uh, COVID, Fauci, Corey's going to get into that. Uh, problems at the border. We really need to discuss that. And the woke military, which I have a lot of opinions on. And it's, hmm. I don't like it. I don't like it. But where are we going to start, ladies? Let's start with the with the housing. I think right. I think we have a fair amount to say on this because it's more than just the housing. In fact, I'm probably going to end up having to jam an article out on this because I have so much in my brain I need to unload with businesses as well. So, so some people know like I had a pipe burst in my home. It flooded out my first floor. It was a disaster, and then I had this potential ice dam and cracking at my ceiling and. Um, and I don't live in Texas, but I live in another state where the storms hit hard. And so I've been juggling that and I'm not at home. So I've been coordinating and juggling and it's just been crazy because I know everyone else who's also gone through this has seen that, you know, uh, they're, they're slammed. You got some of them that won't go to the place. They'll only do like, like the insurance adjusters will do it virtual. Um, in fact, my insurance adjusters, they had to take some of them and send them to Texas. And then we were short. So they had to bring them in from other states to our state. It's just been insane. And then you have building supplies and materials moving in slow. The whole supply chain's been affected. So it's been a little a little insane, to say the least. And um, as Edge knows, because of your video that you guys just did, and I published it on my website as well, um, cause I know you guys got put in the sandbox by YouTube for the week. Yeah. Yeah. So, we're for we don't play nice, time. I guess. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we've, well, I worked at kind of like some of our best work is the work that they go after. And this yeah. one, this one that we did on fifth generational warfare, which is the one we got flagged for, uh, there wasn't a lot of information out there about it. So we thought, yeah, let's do it. Let's jam it in. And obviously now we know why there's not a lot of information out there about it. <laughs> They're taking yeah. videos down. So if you haven't seen that, go to BitChute. Definitely watch that one on our account there. Because obviously we've said something in there that you guys probably should listen to. <laughs> right? Exactly. 
So, yeah. So in the middle of this, I'm going, oh my God, we're in another housing bubble. So I was in this back in 08 and I had owned a property. Um, it was a small little, you know, two, two acre horse property. And I had a home on there that I rented and then a home that I lived in and I was ready to sell. And right as I was ready to sell, the market started taking this massive dive. Long story short, it was worth a lot, went to nothing. I ended up foreclosing. It was a nightmare. I will, I will never let myself get caught in that again. So I'm now, you know, on top of dealing with the contractors and insurance, uh, I'm like, wow, we really need to sell right now. There's like 20 buyers to every seller. It's yeah. a huge seller's market. It's insane right now. And eventually this bubble is going to burst. And there's a lot of reasons why we're seeing what we're seeing. And you guys did a great job in your video. It's a 20 minute video. Highly recommend people watch that because you guys pulled some really good charts in there too. And, um, but I also, that was all edge. I was like, <laughs> I was like a whale in the desert. It's completely well, it, out of my element on the, on that subject. Well, and I know Edge is in the same boat as me. We're like, oh my gosh, if you know, if you're if moving is something you've been considering, it's like if I don't sell now, shit's gonna eventually go burst. It's gonna go upside down, and then how long am I gonna have to wait before I can sell, get a decent dollar, and move? And then what we're finding is, well, we're, wherever we want to move to, houses are short. Personally, I will not buy. I will lease or rent until after the crash and after I get some intuitive hits on where exactly I would like to go. So, but it, it's beyond just the, uh, the housing industry. It's, it's the buildings, the businesses. We have, um, if you go to the next tab speaker, so just one point I want to make with this. So we got 23 companies. Now, granted, these are a lot of your big favorite, big tech ones that we love, as, as well as other companies. And I'm sure it's a lot more than just these 23. But you've got a lot of companies that are going, you know what? We're permanently going to have people telecommute. We no longer want to pay the overhead. We're going to sell our buildings. We don't want to pay for the lead to lease these buildings anymore. And so in a lot of your bigger cities and on the outskirts, they are unloading these buildings and they're having everyone work remotely. This is with good intention and good reason. They can come in and swoop up all those assets and start building out their wonderful little smart cities and, yep. and, and control mechanisms that we've been talking about for a long time now. Yeah, so exactly. This is all kind of happening simultaneously and I wanted you, Edge, to talk about some of the, um, like the forbearance parallels the time frame with the end of June 30th with the whole eviction extension. Did you notice that? Because I yeah. looked up the forbearance and whereas it started with six months, they extended it to a year, then to 15 months, and they've now pushed it through June of this year. So, so someone could go in in June and say, well, now I want to go on forbearance. That's another 15 months. So I was, I was talking with my dad last night and we're running all this out over the next couple of years, their plays and how the time frame's going to go and like to, to try to determine when this bubble is going to burst. So, so tell people about some of the stuff you dug up on this. 
Yeah, so I was personally in the market because I want to move out of the city and to the country, bring my kids um, out of school, start homeschooling, be more self-sufficient, get away from big government overreach, all of that. I want to get into a smaller town where the mindset is more like mine and I'm not around people who are uh, preaching wokeness and wearing masks and just totally different <laughs> mindset, right? So right. that's my goal. It wasn't really about like, I wanna sell my house in a hot market. It's really more personal for me. But when I looked into it, it was just the, the market's insane right now. And my problem is that I could sell my house for a lot of money, but I can't find a house to buy or rent because the market's so crazy. Right. And, so there's a the rent prices are going up yes so there's very little inventory on the renters and um, buyers market um but um and part of that is due to uh, in my area is due to the mass exodus from california they're coming over to my state and some other states as well and so that's buying up a lot of stuff because they have a lot of cash they sell their houses for crazy prices come in with right. a bunch of cash but the other problem, and I think this is nationwide, is that um, this whole eviction moratorium and the the forbearance plans that people have been able to use um, during COVID, because of course the lockdowns forced people to lose their jobs or close their businesses and lose a lot of income. So they did this forbearance plan. Uh, Biden extended it through June 30th. Uh, the and and so there's very little, very few people leaving their homes right now that would otherwise have to leave, and so um, there there's not a natural turnover happening that that should be occurring, and so when and if and when that does get lifted, that's going to flood the market, and that's when I think the bubble's going to burst, and we're um, going to have a ton of foreclosures and short sales just yes. like before because what they're doing is. You know, it's okay. So like, you know, what they were doing is, oh, we're, we're going to, we're going to help everyone out by giving you, you know, super low interest rate on loans and no income verification. We don't need to check your tax returns and all these insane, you know, five-year arms and everything. And, and we know that you people are going to be screwed eventually. So <laughs> they just, they just had, had thrown it, you know, all out there now in this case what they're doing is they're doing the forbearance. And so what happens when the time, when it comes due and the people have the option of, okay, I'm going to throw it on the back end. So it's not going to increase my monthly payments, but when I go to sell, I'm going to have to pay that whole chunk up front. Okay. So maybe they sit on it, but can they sit on it? Because are they now in a position where they got their business up and running or they have a job and they can afford going back to the regular monthly mortgage? Yeah. So that's so I, the problem we're going to run into. And I think what what I what we saw in March when they started this whole eviction moratorium and the forbearance plan, um, you saw this huge spike. It went up to like four and a half million people were using that, and right. then it kind of tapered off and started leveling off somewhere around the two and a half million mark. So currently, as of March um, 2021, there's about two and a half 
million people still using a forbearance plan. And so um, that leads me to think that that either those people may still have issues with finding a job in their area or they're still, you know, having uh, like lack of income that they had before, whatever the case is, they're still struggling through all of this. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, if, if and when that moratorium gets lifted, I'm curious to see how many uh, homes come on the market because look, in a, in a normal more uh, in a normal market, you have about 1.6 million homes that are up for sale at any given time, and that's like not an oversupply or an undersupply. And we're sitting at about uh, 450,000 for the whole country, which is way low undersupply. Right. But if you dump a, one and a half million or something like on top of that, then we're going to have way oversupply and that's going to crash that market. So right. um, I'm just curious to so see. So will it happen next year during primaries or will it be extended until the end of next year? What do you think? Um, I was, my best guess um, is I think the earliest that something could, uh, could go south is at the end of 2021, um, but more likely I would think 2022. Um, that's my best guess. I really, I don't know because uh, the government intervention is mm -hmm. what's, um, it, it's what's, tampering with the market. So um, if they keep intervening and pushing things down the road, then, you know, that could be Well, fun. and they might be doing that because like you said at the end of your video there from one of the articles is the timing of a potential stock market crash, housing crash, and flip over to digital currency simultaneously, which I believe is a very plausible theory. And if that's the case, they're going to have to stall this and time this to uh, when they're prepared to fully roll out that digital currency switchover. And right. I, I, I sat up with a friend last night for a couple hours. We rolled, rolled through every potential avenue on the whole digital currency and staying outside of that system. And that's a talk for a whole other pod. We could do a whole podcast just on that. Some really interesting um, turns we took there, analyzing all of that. So, so yeah, um, be curious to see where other people are at if they want to drop comments in this um, with the whole real estate market and what everyone's thinking. I know, I know a lot, a lot of people too. I have a lot of friends, you know, including myself. That I've long been talking about wanting to move. I don't want to be in my state anymore, but there's a situation where I, you know, I don't want to leave my parents either. So I don't want to be far away from them while all this craziness is going on. You know, they're, they're older and uh, I enjoy spending time with them. And I know I have a lot of friends in that same situation, you know, where there's like, it's the family member thing where they can't get everyone on board to move. And so everyone's just feeling a little cagey and, and what to do, you know? Yeah. So let, yeah. Us, let us know how you're feeling. And, um, if you're in the same boat as the girls at the moment, because I think a lot of people are. Yeah, definitely. I think so. Yeah. So what's going on at the, uh, with this wonderful border? Oh my gosh. It's, <laughs> it's been described as the wild west down there. So 
Biden's border crisis is exploding. That headline is correct. Um, so many thousands of people are pouring in at the facilities, uh, at the at the border. The facilities are having a hard time holding them. A lot of them are at like seven hundred percent capacity. And uh, from just, multiple countries. Yeah, they're they're coming in from other countries too. It's you know, I mean, God knows the traffickers, potential terrorists, who all is coming through. Yep, exactly. The, just in February, over 100,000 came in. Um, about 9,000 of those were unaccompanied minors. That's just in February. And um, there's just no way that the, the detainment centers can hold these people. Uh, they're having trouble like reaching the or going over the legal maximum of hours for holding children. Um, the, the legal maximum is 72 hours and they're going well beyond that. And these detention centers, the conditions are bad. Many of them are saying that they're not able to go outside uh, for days on end. They're confined in crowded tents. So uh, the number of children that we were told just last week by U.S. custody was 4,200 unaccompanied minors, but that was a bold-faced lie. We found out this week that's more like 13,000 unaccompanied minors, which is a 300%, which is 300% higher than we were originally told. Um, wow. So. So the states are having to handle this because the feds won't. And um, states like Texas are having, uh, you know, to, to take matters in their own hands. Governor Abbott gave an interview um, at the border uh, with border enforcement um, this this week. And um, they spoke specifically about um, the problem of unaccompanied minors. If you'll go over to the next tab speaker, it's talking about child trafficking. Yeah, that one. Um, so. Um, they were talking about how these children, um, they're threatened by the cartels to not speak with law enforcement or the mm. cartels will kill their families and they actually mean it. Uh, so the children are very scared to even speak out, even if they are being trafficked, um, because they know the consequences. And they said that the, the cases that, that they've seen would quote, stain your soul if you saw what these people will do to the most precious, the children, it's sickening, um, mm -hmm. is what they said. It's it's a crisis. And um, if you'll go over to the next tab speaker, um, Kevin McCarthy, of course, I, I think a lot of people saw this. This got a lot of coverage. He was at the border. He gave a press conference um, and he talked about uh, the potential for terrorists to come through the open border, um, how they saw this as a prime opportunity to enter the U.S. and that they weren't just coming from Mexico, Honduras, or El Salvador, but also coming from places like Yemen, Iran, and Turkey. Mm. And of course, the media and the Democrats jumped all over this. And they were like, there's no evidence of that until Axios, <laughs> which is like, you know, a left-leaning rag, actually confirmed that four people on the terrorist screening database have been arrested by Border Patrol. So yes, obviously there's potential for that. And the way that they're talking about this with 100,000 people coming in a month, um, they just don't have the capacity to be able to uh, know who is entering. So um, they're coming in without even having any idea of where they're coming from. So, um, but with all of this, um, you know, with all these thousands of migrants coming from the Mexican border, you'd think the Democrats would care about COVID. <laughs> 
Nope. They're <laughs> so funny. Go to the next tab. <laughs> go to the next tab, speaker, because they actually care about what the CDC says. Let's look at what the CDC says about Mexico. Oh, right. Oh, it's a level four, very high level for COVID. Oh my gosh, level four. <laughs> look at that. Wow. The Democrats. The Democrats care about what the CDC says, don't they? Because they, they sure like do. cite them all the time, right? So right. they should care about um, all these people coming up from Mexico. But no. Um, so this week, Steve Scalise uh, put out this tweet. If you'll um, go to the next tab speaker. Yeah. Huh. They, the House Democrats voted against requiring COVID tests for illegal immigrants crossing the southern border. border. Imagine that. Hmm. Oh, yes. So if Democrats actually believed um, all this was a threat, all these mandates and lockdowns are really about public safety, safety surely they'd, they'd want to at least test these migrants for COVID, right? No, Not like how they, they want to test us if we travel, you know, from one Ex state to the next or on an airline and they want exactly. to, they, want, they, they even want to have testing at the airports. Yes, not yes, at the border. <laughs> so we have to go through, jump through all these hoops to be able to leave the country, to go to Mexico. When we come back, we have to go, jump through all kinds of hoops to come back and uh, quarantine and everything, you know. So, but they don't even need a COVID test, and they can they can be kept in tents in close quarters. Uh, it's just it, none of this makes any sense. It just well, I mean, if we're covering, are we covering their health insurance yet? I can't remember where we're at with all that. Mm, good question. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. It's hard to you keep know up. They want to. Yeah, but it just proves that none of our lockdowns, our mandates, our travel restrictions were ever about safety. It's always been about control. No. And the border crisis was never about humanitarianism because these migrants are living in terrible conditions due to the overcapacity. It was right. always about bringing millions of people across the border to be counted on the census so they can help secure the next elections. With those people, it's always about staying in power. It's never about public safety and well-being. Give me a break. Right. It's just the look of virtue. That's what they. That's what they campaign on. That's what they go towards. They don't care about the ramifications of it, of anything no. they do. No, they don't give a and, shit, and they and they don't think anything through. They don't care. No, it's always just about keeping their power, gaining and keeping power. And uh, speaking of which, um, here's what's interesting on the next tab over speaker. What's interesting is we're starting to actually see the liberal media. I mean, here we have, what, what is this, NBC News, and then mm. that Axios report as well. We're starting to see the liberal media turn on the Biden administration about the border crisis. And I think it's because um, they're pissed that the White House has actually put a gag order on Border Patrol shutting these reporters out, who thought that the Biden administration was just going to give them this red carpet rollout. Oh, yeah. Nope, nope. <laughs> the Biden administration is put Border Patrol on basically lockdown. They cannot talk to reporters. They want full control of the uh, border crisis narrative. So Border Patrol is no longer allowed to give ride-alongs to the press at the southern border. All the media inquiries that go to Border Patrol have to be sent straight up to the White uh, Washington press office for approval. And Border Patrol has been instructed to not provide the press with any of the accurate numbers on the migrants. And what should that tell people? My well, God. This is what you get in a dictatorship. 
complete control. Oh, and chaos in this country. Who are they? Who all are they really bringing through, too? Mm-hmm. And what else are they bringing through? Mm-hmm. Like, you don't know. Oh, the cartels are having a heyday with it, with the human trafficking and with the drugs at the border. I mean, like weekly, they're they're catching, you know, all kinds of things, heroin, meth, um, fentanyl. I mean, it's just flowing and the cartels making so much money right now. It's crazy. And the saddest, saddest thing about that is we had this under control. I mean, it was still happening, but not to this degree again. Right. And do you know what I mean? Like, it will, like, right. finally put a plug in it in some form. There was a process being moved. Things were getting fixed. And, and that's the hardest thing about it is to see this world in this yo yo seesaw sort of format. Two steps forward, 10 steps back. Yeah. It's horrible. It is. It really is. Yeah, it's a mess. It is a mess. So there's there's like two videos I wanted to show here. Um, this one's horrific. This is just a 30 second clip of the wonderful Dr. Fauci. Listen to what he has to say. For high school students, it looks like they will be available to get vaccinated in the beginning of the fall, very likely for the fall term. With regard to children, we're doing an AIDS de- uh, an age de-escalation study in elementary school children. From 12 to 9, 9 to 6, 6 to 2, and two mo- six months to two years. We anticipate we'll have enough data to be able to vaccinate these younger children by the first quarter of 2022. Hear that, everyone? Six months old. They want to vaccinate your babies starting next year. And did you hear the Freudian slip on AIDS? Love yeah, that. I saw that. Yeah, I heard I love, that. Love a good Freudian slip. The, the the rate of children even getting coronavirus is so low. I, I, I believe it's like less than 1%. Don't quote me on that. I haven't looked it up, but I know it's very, very low from when I was doing all my research on, on this before. And then you've got when they do, um, their, their symptoms are so minimal or they are test positive, but they're asymptomatic. And we already know that asymptomatic spread is under 1%. So it is utterly insane that they're even suggesting vaccinating all these children, let alone babies. I know. I know. Ugh. It just boils my blood. And this is the the reason why I'm deciding to homeschool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I, I know where this is going. I mean, it's going to, at what point are they going to start requiring it? So he's talking about uh, the fall, next fall, next school year, um, the high school age. No, first kids. quarter. He said yeah, first quarter. school this fall and mm-hmm. by the younger children by first quarter next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, and then when are they going to start requiring it? Probably which, which, the following school year, I would imagine. Which is bullshit when he says, we'll have the data collected. No, they'll have it. They already have it. It's already long been fabricated. They're just rolling this out according to their scheduled agenda of how they want to, and they're seeding the minds and they're delivering it on a a little bit of a slow roll so that it can sink into everyone. And parents better fight like hell on this because between the indoctrination going on and the critical race theory and the gender crap going on, all the stuff that they're teaching the kids, they're removing history entirely. I mean, 
Uh, yeah if I had kids I'd be homeschooling I'll tell you what yeah it's really bad I mean because I've had to put up with a lot uh, as far as the uh the pushing of of the uh climate change agenda the pushing of the racial um you know just the justice warrior agenda um all of that um it's been difficult to push through that and to have to help my kids understand um, you know, how to think critically and not just accept everything that even their own teacher tells them, which is right. sad. But right. um, but now it's just, it's at a boiling point for me. This is the this is the last straw for me. Yeah. I will not let my kids get this fast. I'm hearing that from a lot of parents right now. Yeah. So, so then on this next one, now we're only going to play just a couple of minutes of this, but I'll put the link below. You're definitely going to want to watch this whole thing because Rand Paul obliterates Fauci. And I love it because he always backs it with science. So listen to this. No scientific studies have shown significant numbers of reinfections of patients previously infected or previously vaccinated. What specific studies do you cite to argue that the public should be wearing masks well into 2022. I'm not sure I understand the connection of what you're saying about masks and reinfection. We're talking about people who have never been infected before. You're telling everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine yeah. or have had the infection are spreading the infection. If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, it's you not. the vaccine and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let, let, let's get down to the facts. Okay, the studies that you quote from Crotty and Sete look at in vitro examination of memory immunity, which in their paper they specifically say this does not necessarily pertain to the actual protection. It's in vitro. And what study First, can you point to that shows significant let, reinfection? There are no studies that show. Yes, let, let, me, let me finish the response to your question, if you please. The other thing is that when you talk about reinfection and you don't keep in the concept of variance, that's an entirely different ballgame. That's a good reason a mask. In the South African study conducted by J&J, they found that people who were infected with wild type and were exposed to the variant in South Africa, the 351, it was as if they had never been infected before. They had no protection. So when you talk about reinfection, you've got to make sure you're talking about wild type. I agree with you that you very likely would have protection from wild type for at least six months if point you're infected. But we in our country now have variants that are circulating. Significant reinfection. What study shows significant reinfection, hospitalization, and death after either natural infection or the vaccine? It doesn't exist. There is no evidence that there are significant reinfections after vaccine. In fact, I don't think we have a hospitalization in the United States after the two-week period after the second vaccination. We yeah, you have a death in the United States. You're not hearing what I'm saying about very... Yeah, it's, there's so much more. We should have played more of the beginning part where Rand's bringing out all the, all the scientific evidence, but it just, get, the, the whole 
Oh, it's so frustrating. I love Rand Paul. He's because he's a doctor. You know, he has a medical background. He knows this is all theater and bullshit. And I love that he calls him out on it and that he, he brings the science. And what Fauci is grasping at here is is a freaking joke. Well, but 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 what about the variants? And and so later on, Rand says, well, we don't even have any yet. And he says, well, we're, we're working on, on Fauci says, we're working on, you know, studying one now. And I forget the term right. he used, but he's like, so you're telling people that they have to, even if they get the vaccine, they still have to wear masks. How about you give them incentive to get the vaccine and say, guess what? You won't have to wear a mask anymore because you know, they're not going to get reinfected. It's just, it's really good. I would listen yeah. to the whole, the whole video is great. Yeah. And I love Rand Paul too. I mean, he just schools Fauci in this. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's so, he's, he's he's one of the one of the last real true politicians that like mm-hmm. you know actually you know cares and follows through. Even though I don't agree with him about everything, I have disagreed with him about a few things. Uh, but you know, you you can tell his heart is actually in the right place. Where with the rest of them, you know, it's if they even have one. Right, exactly. Yeah, so I had an interesting experience um, a few days back at the post office. So I'm not at home right now. I'm actually in a red state. And I had gone into this post office a few weeks ago. And the woman there, who's an old crank, uh, she's so rude to people. I, I don't, you know, I don't wear a mask. And so everyone's in line, and they're all standing six feet apart with their masks on. And and she served me. She didn't say anything to me. Then on March 15th, I'm going to mail my um, corporate taxes for my corporation I had for years that I've given up 90% of my clients in order to do this work and uh, <laughs> don't make any money on. So the government will be getting a big fat zero there. Uh, but, but nonetheless, they were due and needed to be postmarked on March 15th. So I go in, there's a huge line and she's the only clerk and there's a woman standing in front of me who also isn't wearing a mask but everyone else was so we get up there to where we're now starting to enter the little room because we before we were in the hallway you know so she couldn't even we couldn't even see each other so all of a sudden the girl in front of me runs out the door and then comes back with a mask on and she looks at me and kind of rolls her eyes well, the woman had told her she had to go get her mask. And I'm noticing on the doors, there's these signs that say require, mask required for service. And I'm like, that is so illegal. First off, it's not even mandated here, let alone it's not, would never hold up in a court of law. So, so I get in there and she looks at me and she's helping someone else. There's still a few people in front of me. And she says, where's your mask? I said, I don't have a mask. I have a medical condition and nor am I sick. And she said, well, then I can't serve you. If you don't have a mask, I can't serve you. I said, I just told you I have a medical condition and I need to get these, you know, postmarked today. And you don't even have a mask mandate here, nor is it law. So she said, well, look around. We have signs everywhere. Masks are required. And the girl in front of me who had gone and got her mask chimed in and said, it's not a mandate here. And everyone else was just standing there listening, of course. And so she says, well, you can stand there and you can do whatever you want, but I'm not going to serve you. So I guess it was okay for me to stay in the post office just as long, but she wanted it to be clear she wasn't going to serve me. So 
I left and I went to the, the UPS place and they were wonderful and they helped me there. So I then contacted the, um, what's it called? I had to look this up. I couldn't remember. It's like the consumer in industry, uh, consumer affairs for USPS. That's who you contact when you have a complaint or a matter. And I left, called them twice, hadn't heard back from them. So then I emailed the, the main one, not the district one, but the main office, which is out of DC. And I also, um, I also emailed the uh, inspector general as well. And so I did hear back from the main district saying, we're so sorry about your experience. We're gonna start an investigation into this. But we're gonna, you know, we're gonna contact the local district, you know. So I'm waiting to hear back from them, and I'll keep people posted on how that goes. And the and the reason I'm bringing this up is because these are the kinds of little battles that are really important to fight. Because this woman should lose her job. She not only discriminated against me, she prevented me from mailing taxes to the IRS mafia, which is comical in itself. <laughs> it had to be postmarked that day. So she interfered with taxes. She discriminated against me. She, you know, you can't say it's a requirement. That's completely illegal. You can say it's a request. So I'm waiting to hear back from them. Um, but it's important because I guarantee you, this is probably happening at post offices all over the country. And now some people will say that, well, Biden put out an executive order saying all federal buildings, you know, have to have to uh, wear masks. Well, okay, first off, even if he did, that's the employees. That's not the citizens coming in. That has nothing to do with discriminating against someone. Secondly, I need to look into this further, but the post office is an independent agency. They are not te technically a uh, part of the federal system or uh, a federal building i do not believe they are an independent agency and they make their they make their money off of all the postage and everything so i'll look into that further yeah i was wondering that i was like hmm, i wonder if it's considered a federal building or if it would be under that state's i you know i think because it's kind of like you're in a state, state that that doesn't require it or doesn't even have a mandate then well, they have no business doing that Actually, what's interesting is the first phone call I made, I actually did get a hold of, of one gal who was going to go to the manager of that local post office itself. And I said, no, I need to go above that because I already know how these people operate. They're very rude there. So he's just going to take her word for it, do absolutely nothing. I need this to go higher up. I need something to be done about this. And these signs need to be removed saying that they're not going to serve you, you know, so but when I spoke with her, she said, you know, she did bring it up saying it's on a state by state basis. It depends on the state. She didn't mention anything about uh, federal guidelines or the executive order, federal buildings or anything like that. So, so it's just something I've not really had a need to look into in the past as far as, but, but what I did discover is that they, they are labeled as an independent agency. So it kind of makes me think of the CDC, you know, Everyone believes that this, well, not everyone, but a lot of people believe that the CDC is like part of the government, uh, probably because it's like cdc.gov, isn't it? Is it cdc.gov? Yeah, I think so. Now I got to look that up. Um, but they're not. They're contracted with them. They're a completely separate organization. Yeah, but oh. they have the .gov extension. So it's very 
manipulative <laughs> yeah. presentation. So, well, but I get what you're saying though. Pizza. Yeah. About how people need to f find these moments um, to, to take a stand. And yeah, because make if, sure they, if she did that to me, I guarantee she's probably going to end up doing it to a couple hundred people this year. Now, if I could get her reprimanded and or fired or, you know, anything of that along those lines, that's going to put a halt to that, those types of actions, you know, and, and then if more people do that with post offices across, across the country, that's just one more location where you can walk in without your mask on and what are they going to do? So... The little wins, they're important. They, they are. are. <laughs> Especially on the local levels. Definitely. 100%. So what's going on with this uh, whole, I, I honestly didn't like, cause I've been dealing, dealing with juggling so many other things. I didn't get to see the full scoop on this military stuff going on, but the, the short of it that I did see looked, looked a little alarming to me. What's going uh, on with Yeah, we're, we're in a, a, a delicate situation here, yeah. especially when the military starts going after private citizens. And this is kind of what you're seeing uh, on political, on a political kind of standpoint. Now, Tucker, the other night, uh, made some comments about women in the military. Now, they weren't really derogatory towards women, but uh, what he said really is, you know, other countries are going to start uh looking down at us for certain things it makes us look weak in the eyes of the world now he'd said that after the, def the defense department came out and said they were doing things like uh making more haircuts available for women and the big thing that which is definitely what he targeted is maternity jumpsuits for female yeah. soldiers okay so that's flight that, suits or something like suit, that yeah right one a pregnant woman should not be anywhere near a military plane or in a military plane or jumping out of a military plane <laughs> right it's this is it, it's absolute crap and it does make the u.s look weak but this goes to show you where kind of the military is at but the woke mob including members in the military just went after him so hardcore on this and I have never seen the military be so politicized and so, mm -hmm. um, so like political activists. hundred percent. And some of these generals came out, you know, on made videos, you know, chastising Tucker uh, in uniform. Wow. That's the scariest thing about it. It's not like it was their public opinion. It was from official Twitter accounts of the U.S. military, uh, of the Marines. Right. right. And, and when, when is... they have the power to come out and attack a private citizen like that on political grounds, can you imagine, you know, if in any way, shape or form, uh, any of this happened under a Trump presidency? Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the truth is, is that in general, since Biden's been in office, the moves that he's made with the military have projected weakness. And it's not just particular with the uh, women, uh, pregnant women, flight suits and that sort of thing. But it was also with the, the transgender agenda. And now we're even paying for you know, sex changes for people in the military. And um, all of this is projecting weakness to the point where our adversaries are seeing it as an opportunity. And uh -huh. of of course, with 
Yeah, and with Biden in office, um, knowing how he's compromised by the Chinese, um, you know the Chinese is loving this because um, as we are projecting weakness, Meanwhile, China is projecting strength and bowing up to, uh, say, uh, Japan and in the South China Sea, and you know, and they're they're projecting strength and um, and in attack mode while we're um, over here squabbling amongst ourselves about who's more woke and how we <laughs> in the military are woke. I mean, it's such a distraction to me when we're supposed mm-hmm. to be focusing on uh, protecting this country from serious. Um, adversaries. Hmm. So, and and the big takeaway here is the military wants to make uh, it more inclusive for women. Like I said, with you know having them have you know more styles of haircut that, that they can wear, and the fact that sixty five percent of women fail initial military training. Right now, when that figure came out, the military was like, "Oh, we have to do something about this to even it out." Right. So they drop the standards to let these people win. Now, mm. military is not like working at McDonald's. If you cannot, right. if you cannot get through the standards, it doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman. Right. right? You don't deserve to be in the military. What are we going to have 300 pound guys in the military now? Right. right? They're going to be jumping at just for inclusive purposes. No, the it's military really is dangerous. It's really dangerous. This path that we're on is really dangerous when we're putting our ideologies above national security. And, um, you know, it's more important to be woke than it is to have a strong, robust um, military that can protect us from national security threats. I mean, that's what, that's what they're there for. But the military has become so passive. I mean, well, what have they had to do over the last 10 years? Do you know what I mean? You've got a small number of troops here, there, whatever, but the troops at home that have never seen combat or never seen anything like that are getting recruited right out of universities and half of them are Bernie bros, right? Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's really, so like this photo here, she should be at home, right? It, it, this is not about women in the military. It's got nothing to do with that, right? Uh, Proof of, you know, women are a huge asset in the military. I mean, look at Israel. There's heaps of female soldiers in the Israeli army, right? And they're damn good at what they do, but you don't see them taking photos like this. Right. <laughs> right? You, you don't. Look up pictures of Israeli women soldiers, right? And you're like, okay, yeah, right. they can kind of handle themselves, right? But Tucker, Tucker un- unleashed, like, I'm going to play this only 43-second clip, but he absolutely just... Uh, he, he actually went there, and this this uh, this comment kind of um, <laughs> says it best. Tucker quickly run out of to give, and I'm here for it. Target in the Pentagon's new Operation Silence the Talk Show hosts. Friends called us in concern. Are you guys all right? And for a minute, we'll concede we were almost rattled. Then we realized if the woke generals treat us like they've treated the Taliban, we'll be fine. Twenty years later, the Taliban are still here. Maybe we ought to promise the Pentagon that we'll get rid of traditional gender roles on this show, change the pronouns, defeat the patriarchy, and all that. Then they'd send us billions in unmarked $100 bills as a reward. They've certainly done that before. And that might really kickstart our struggling opium poppy business. Something to think of, but anyway, we're fine. So thank you for the concern. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, he Just doesn't care. Yeah, so Ted, <laughs> Ted Cruz also chimed in on the work tax on and on that, and that was like I expected Cruz to do that, and he claimed it was political motivation, and it is political motivation. It is. I mean, this wokeness is it's left wing ideology, and like like most of us said, I don't care if women are in the military. It's got nothing to do with that. But the way it's being twisted by these generals is like Tucker has a problem with women in the military. No, he has right. a problem with certain things. Right, he has a problem on. with us as a military projecting weakness and taking our ideology above national security and protecting the country. Right. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So, yeah, so Ted Cruz gone under this. And this was another thing that happened um, when the Guam Guard soldiers visited Marjorie Taylor Greene in response to her CPAC remarks. I mean, you had uh, was like a platoon, there's like 20 of them marching what? to her office. I missed this. What the yeah. heck? Yeah, so they marched to her office because of the comments that she made to in like to see facts the whole video there. Uh, yeah, so she made some comments. Uh, let me find it. Yeah, uh, the American values, which is we love that we love our country and we believe our hard-earned tax dollars should just go for America, not for what China, Russia, Middle East, and Guam, whatever, whatever, wherever stands for. Now, clearly, she may spoke there because Guam is a U.S. territory. Right. So she's got, she got something wrong. OK, cool. Right. It happens. Biden forgets people's names. He forgets where he is. <laughs> yeah, okay? Exactly. This happens to all of us. Right. Um, it's an easy mistake to make. But having a platoon of soldiers to go there to remind her, even though it's kind of dressed up as, you know, it's a nice, friendly uh, conversation is, mm -hmm. is really crossing the line here. Because you're seeing soldiers take political sides against political opponents. In yeah, a military uniform. In military uniform. Yeah, on duty. Mm -hmm. And wow. they are not allowed to do that. That is completely against their their oath. So, mm -hmm. um, And that's what I mean. You, you're getting these. And uh, like this, there's a lot to dissect about this, which I can't go into here. But this is the, a real crumbling of even unity within the military because i guarantee you a lot of soldiers are hating this shit oh yeah right? there is there is a huge number of veterans uh, soldiers that have been on the ground they understand that i mean some of them have uh, uh, you know wives that are in the military too i'm pretty sure they're all thinking the same thing uh, you know what's our job here you know what's what, right. what, what what have we you know we took an oath and this is what's happening it's it's going to cause a, a massive conflict like a, like within the ranks but what we're seeing is the top brass of the military um like the top brass of any organization or institution is you know democratic their wokeness leading the way and leading the way mm -hmm. you know i i know i know plenty of soldiers um, most of my friends are uh, I guarantee you, looking at this shit, they're trying to wonder what's going on. And while this is happening, and while, you know, I, I saw this picture here, I'll try to find it again, the Daily Mail one, uh, down here. Uh, where did it go? There's uh, something about um, military and wokeness. There it is. Four examples of wokeness infecting the United States military. So, mm -hmm. I mean, but look at that. That is not how you project yourself to the world. This is the military. Mm. I mean, right. what, what happened to strength? Right. right. Not saying and where's this, are not where's this strong, going to lead down the road? 
where is this going to lead down the road with their whole agenda on corralling everyone to conform and do the vaccines and be gender neutral and yeah, well that's where it starts city. well that's where it starts right just like and nazi germany the military protecting inner borders but not the exterior borders and yeah i mean where's it going to lead that's where totalitarianism comes in i mean that's this is nazi germany's soldiers did the work right yeah. i mean we this culture of woke it's destroy it destroys everything that it touches not just but the military is just the latest example and it's like we're our own worst enemies we're doing our enemies a favor by um breaking breaking down internally it's less work for them it's almost as though it was meant to be that way oh (laughs) yeah they're oh they're absolutely loving this i mean Mm -hmm. while while this is going on uh because i was doing some research uh, the other day on other militaries and stuff like that i mean you have russia building new complete bulletproof body armor right mm-hmm. which is like future tech of warfare you have russia and china collaborating together to put a first moon base up right this is what mm-hmm. their military is doing right? right while the u.s military is you know walking around in gay pride parades right and We're arguing bickering both. with with political pundits mm-hmm yeah. Uh, it at this rate, and I'll probably dangerously say now, uh, the U.S. is not up there as a serious military force. They have the money, they have the resources, they have the weapons, but uh, so does Russia, and so does China. Russia's got more nukes than the U.S. You know, don't underestimate your allies now. N- not with a weak ally. Uh, don't don't underestimate your enemies now. Definitely not with a, a a weak military that's not showing any any resources to help the American people. I mean, you've got this problem at the border at the moment. This crisis at the border. Where is the military? They should well, be. Well, Biden's there. not going to call them in. Of course no. not, right? But that's what should be happening. That's what a strong military would do, right? Mm-hmm. Would go down there, protect their borders, run these caravans out, right? And you'd right. be all good. But of but course he's not going to do it. No, of course. They're too busy f- fighting with Tucker Carlson. Mm. So, so what are you guys working on next for this week? Or this next coming week? China or Russian gonna... moon base. Yeah, I think we're going to deep dive into that. Because that's <laughs> what do you really mean? I missed it. I missed it. What? Oh, China and Russian moon base. Oh, that's yeah, cool. So like I, I want to see that one. Yeah, so Russia and China have... Uh, agreed to a combined partnership to build a base on the moon. Mm, interesting. Okay. Away from NASA. Not that one, you know, doesn't already exist, but okay. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we're going let's down that another way. podcast. Mm, complete another podcast. <laughs> but let's, yeah. let's say for theory, one doesn't. Um, uh, you really want Russia and China taking control of the moon? Great. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great vantage point. <laughs> that's right. Vantage point. Yep. Yeah, it's a great vantage point to overlook the world. Well, James is working on an article for me on kind of an overall um like <laughs> I'm bombarding him. I keep emailing him and add this and add this one. Oh, this needs to get in. He's doing kind of like an overall sort of vaccine wrap up on what's going on 
with um, the whole industry and not just in the US, but as a whole, what they're doing, where it's going um, and all that good stuff. So he's working on that for me, God bless him, um, while I'm trying to finish dealing with this other stuff going on. And I'll be traveling next week again, and then we will be gold from then on out. So we I'll apologize be... for the two two shows we're going to miss this week, uh, this month. I thought bad, but it's okay. We'll be back after that and straight schedule again. So. It's life. Yeah, it's, everybody oh. has to deal with stuff, so it is what it is. Yeah, and I'm I'm just so everyone knows. I still have been in the midst of all that even though i haven't been able to sit down and take my research and put it into written material because of all this i have continued with my research and i've got a bunch of stuff so i'm i can't wait cannot wait until i can sit down and actually start writing all this out because i've got so much Solution. i imagine your mind is just like going 100 miles a minute all the time and i don't know yeah. how you keep track of all these things you're like researching simultaneously <laughs> you do i have whiteboards in my head edge oh see that's how you do it all right i wanted to know your trick okay whiteboards got it <laughs> all right guys well thanks for joining us today on dig it with speaker myself the sharp edge and Corey lynn of Corey's digs please be sure to share this podcast we are on iHeartRadio, soundcloud spotify stitcher tune in youtube foxhole bit shoot gab tv and pilled.net we'll wow. see you back next time right here on dig it Thank you.